Welcome to the Regen podcast, updating you on the latest in smart and renewable energy. Regen takes time to digest the latest renewable energy policy, technology and market development announcements and prepare them for you to make informed decisions about your business. This podcast is brought to you with support from the Esme Fairburn Foundation. The Esme Fairburn Foundation has been supporting Regen's Community Energy Programme for three years. I'm Alastair McPherson, I'm uh, the Chief Executive for Plymouth Energy Community, um, which is an organisation based in Plymouth aiming to transform how residents buy, use and generate energy. And... um, What's the history of Plymouth Energy Community? Where has it come from? What's it done? Plymouth Energy Community came from uh, initially a sort of local political initiative in Plymouth, um, 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 a desire to do something different initially by around bills um, and helping local residents with the challenges uh, around mounting fuel bills. the sort of hegemony of the big six and uh, a kind of clear frustration around the issues associated with those on lowest income paying the most for their um, energy and power. So it was desired to do something different in that space Um, and also a recognition that Plymouth hadn't grasped its opportunity in relation to renewable generation, particularly solar. Um, It's got good levels of solar resource in Plymouth, but for one reason or another, um, the uptake, um, either roof-mounted or ground-mounted solar, have been less. So those two simple things came together at a time when the local council wished to do something different around new solutions for community-owned services. Um, And out of that was born a community energy organisation called BECO. So who is part of the community energy organisation? So there's now um, uh, 1,600 members um, uh, with a mix of investor members and uh, just community of interest members um, and they elect a board. Um, So we have a board of eight at the moment um, uh, who are all elected from that membership um, and representative of that community. Um, and they, uh, there's one sort of uh, membership, one post or one seat on the board for Plymouth City Council as it was part of the sort of founding body. And what sort of projects have you done so far? So we've done, we started off as an organisation helping people switch and tariffs. Um, we grew from that to do some work with uh, energy efficiency and helping people um, with getting uptake of grants. And then rapidly went into doing some solar. Um, uh, we've community funded um, now 32 school and community building rooftops um, across the city. And in 2016, we completed a 4.1 megawatt ground mounted solar installation um, in the north of the city. Is it different working on rooftop mounted projects as opposed to ground mounted projects? Uh, yeah, um, different in, in a number of ways. I mean, the technology is ex- exactly the same. It's just kind of you know, bigger bits of Meccano kind of things slapped together. So that element of it is um, 
is similar, but the hurdles that you need to get through in terms of getting approval and planning and uh, connections and things like that are more complex. And equally, the financial challenges associated with funding it are you know, more, more difficult. Um, the, there's, all the projects have been characterised by the need to achieve um, delivery and connection before subsidy deadlines. Um, and I guess the pressure associated with that on one big scheme is you know, that is magnitudes larger than um, numerous smaller ones because you know one big scheme going south or not being connected at the right time has bigger impact than you know not connecting one rooftop. Hmm. So, um, the whole context for community energy seems to me, from my perspective, to have changed in the last few years, and the challenges for community energy groups seem to be different to they were when you potentially started doing what you were doing. What sort of projects are you able to do now? What sort of projects are working for you now? So we're still, um, we're just wrapping up one project which is about healthy homes. So I I guess the first point is PEC's always had a broader um, uh, agenda than just generation. So so we've always been doing work with people, vulnerable households, with income, um, with fuel debt, um, with energy efficiency and so um, we continue to, to work in that space. We've just wrapped up a really successful programme where we've helped over 100 households um, where the residents have um, correlated medical conditions. We've been in and supported them with a range of things, um, markedly you know, new boiler and heating schemes, improvements to the heating schemes, improvements to the um, damp and ventilation within those properties. Um, we've found a grant for them to effectively allow those improvements to happen and manage that process for them. Um, so that's been hugely impactful for those households, um, very significant um, long-term financial savings to them from, from those improvements, massive improvements in the, the just the comfort that they're living within. And what's really noticeable is we've done um, detailed uh, post pre and post evaluation is the, the improvements in their well-being and we're seeing very significant improvements in the well-being so we've gone back and did detailed kind of what we hope to be kind of significant uh, results to allow us to have further conversations with um, clinical commissioning groups around getting that kind of work kind of more core funded in the future. So that's been an exciting programme just literally just wrapping up just in the last few months. Um, we continue to work um, with people who have fuel debt. Um, we have access to grants that can get those um, debts written off. And so our caseworker team kind of work with them to put in kind of quality applications um, to show that how if, uh, you know, if their debt's written off, they can kind of balance their income and expenditure better and move on. We can also access new white goods for people that have, you know, poor or, you know, failing fridges or cookers and things like that. And we get that stuff for free and, and deliver to their home. So those kind of interventions are kind of often... Um, really impactful and, and transformative for, for individuals and families that we're working with. Um, and you know, often there is nobody else that people can go to in that space. So as a community organisation, we feel we're definitely playing a kind of key role in supporting you know, people that are falling through the gaps in, in the social security system otherwise. And you know, those gaps are getting bigger and bigger as we go on. So those challenges are there and they continue to be there. And we continue to work in that space. We're hoping to deliver um, an energy efficiency project with the council kicking off this summer um, where we will be um, 
advising a thousand homes over the course of about the next 20 months, giving face-to-face -face advice in the homes um, and improving those homes with the installation of simple measures. So rather than complex insulation jobs or new heating systems, this is going in and offering them free light bulbs, um, free energy monitors, um, better ways to control their boiler system and heating schemes. Um, so, and um, hopefully accessing them grants for insulation as well, but actually it's just about providing advice around the simple changes households can make. So that we hope will kick off this summer. And we continue to look for new solar projects. Um, there's nothing uh, jumping off the page right now, um, but there's a load of possible projects that if we can kind of uh, structure with the right arrangements between um, with uh, power purchase agreements, long-term power purchase agreements and um, size installations that meet um, the demand profile of those buildings that we think there are kind of options to make that happen. But um, we're not jumping in too early yet. I think we're still waiting to see how the market changes over the course of the next kind of six months. It's just fantastic that people in Plymouth have got access to an organisation like yours. And um, I... In my experience, I haven't seen many organisations like PEC across the country. There are one or two, but not loads. What is it about Plymouth that is, has, um, is unique that has brought this about? Is it this particular group of people coming together, or is it a direction from a local authority? Or what, is, what are the kind of unique features of Plymouth that makes it possible to do this work there? I think um, we've built a head of steam now, so that helps. And you know, and so there's a core group of people that have come along on that journey that have been absolutely central to it, both kind of staff and kind of the, the directors from um, PEC and PEC Renewables. Um, so, so people have been absolutely key to it. Um, the collaboration with um, the local authorities being central to it, you know, that they again really did kickstart PEC. Um, uh, they they funded. Um, all the early kind of business planning and feasibility work. They um, provided some initial grant to get it off the ground um, and have provided loans to support you know, the installation of some of the work which has complemented the community share capital that we've raised independently. So yeah, the council's role cannot be under underestimated. The people cannot be underestimated. And then there's also a kind of, uh, you know, I work both for PEC and for the council. And so we have a shared services arrangement. So. We've now built through both the council's initiatives on energy and PEC's initiatives on energy, a real core team of now currently 12 people that have an expertise in this space. And that's kind of, as I say, it's built ahead of steam and kind of self-perpetuating self to a certain extent. So that's allowing us to continue to kind of fight on, I guess, um, whilst the challenges around us and uh, the government continue to throw at us. So you... You've made a massive amount of progress quite quickly on getting solar installations on rooftops and your ground-mounted solar installation. And you talked a bit about still looking for those opportunities, but needing to figure out what the right uh, ones are going to be for PEG. Um, what are, for you, the key barriers to developing future solar projects? I think... Um, there's a lack of, in terms of 
community-owned solar, um, there's a lack of recognition at a national level of the, the added value that we can bring. Um, and so, you know, some form of support for community groups doesn't have to be subsidies and tariffs, but it's your recognition that the value of organisations like PEC can make um, uh, would be welcome in some form. Um, that could be played out in all sorts of different ways. Um, but uh, at the moment, um, yeah, there is no kind of direction for government around community energy, and that's you know, um, a significant change from where we were three years ago. Um, I think yeah, there's a, there's a wider... Um, I think in terms of in, at individual site level, our challenges are still that you know, the, without subsidy, that the, the attractiveness of um, our offer to host organisations um, is less than it was. We were previously being able to offer or host organisations half price if they leased us their roof space, half price energy bills. Um, that's unlikely to be the case moving forward. Um, some of them are still keen, and they're still keen, but it's not kind of such a kind of commercial driver for them. Um, as we've now done many of the accessible community buildings and schools within the city, and we move to commercial providers for roof space, you know, being able to offer something tangible as a kind of commercial benefit to those organisations is uh, important in terms of bringing them to the table. And at the moment, you know, those numbers just don't quite add up. Um, how that changes in the future, I don't know. I don't want to be too bleak about it because it, it can can change and it will change. Um, uh, but yeah, those barriers are there significantly at kind of project level and at a national level. There's a kind of um, yeah a vacuum in terms of where energy policy is going or community energy policy completely. Yeah, uh, energy policy policy in general is very poorly defined uh, as we move forward. We're currently in a general election where we get the focus on price caps which is, to my mind, you know, the wrong place to start. Yeah. I can see where the, where the political motivations for that come from, but uh, it's not a helpful starting point for a debate when actually the bigger challenges are, you know, in you know, the 2050 targets in terms of emissions reductions and associated energy transformation that we require. You've got a lot of projects that are underway, um, and you've got your eye on future projects, mostly around solar. Are there any other energy technologies that you're considering or interested in? Yeah, I'm mean, working with Regen and got Regen support in terms of looking at how we integrate storage into um, the solar um, stuff and how that would uh, change the business model. So that's an ongoing piece of work. Um, we've just done, uh, well, of course, this winter did a load of feasibility around heat. Um, we looked at a load of different sites through Plymouth um, where we could potentially look at biomass boiler replacements for what were either really cronky gas boilers or largely old oil um, boilers um, that had been converted to gas um, and got to the point in sort of December January where we had to make a decision as to whether we proceed with that and join another subsidy race for you know getting these schemes connected there were three schemes that could have just about flown um, decided that we wanted to focus on some of this energy efficiency work and couldn't spread ourselves too thin and didn't really have the appetite for another subsidy race um, and so decided to walk away from it at this point we built a whole load of understanding capacity about what heat projects and community-owned heat projects would look like um, we think we'll use that capacity and understanding in the future but right now it just wasn't the right time for us um, 
the schemes were quite marginal and there was a lot more risk and uncertainty in them uh, in comparison to the solar stuff. So I think we'd like to do heat. Um, there's some interesting stuff around um, biomass and there's some interesting stuff around maybe kind of heat pump solutions as well that um, uh, we'd like to build our learning on. And we've just been doing some really good stuff with LED, really simple, um, working with schools. There's um, a fund called Salix that's been available for a long period of time. Um, government fund, um, 0% uh, loan basically for energy efficiency measures that pay back within, a, it's between five and seven years. Um, so our role in that is effectively a broker to, to make the schools aware of the opportunity. We um, help them scrutinise contractors. Um, we like, help the scheme and get designed and installed, help them fill out the forms. Um, and yeah, and that works. We've delivered about £50,000 worth of investment in LED in the last like eight months. Um, and we've got a load more in pipeline at the moment. So that's going well. So you've talked a bit about the short-term new projects that PEC's going to be involved in, and um, I was wondering what your thinking is around the uh, medium to longer-term future for community energy. We see it as there's a kind of very complex transition that needs to happen from where we are now to, how do you want to call it, some smart, green, low-carbon, decentralised energy system. Um, and that that conversation alongside that transition is part technical um, and part policy, um, and it's very local. It's clearly very local. And for, for, for that transition to be implemented locally, you need organisations that understand the stakeholders um, involved at a local level and organisations that... Um, can um, understand the technical and policy environment. So that's what PEC is. So we're not kind of experts in any one field. We see ourselves as kind of community brokers that can operate in that space. So whether that's working with district network operators around their challenges on social obligations or supporting you know, the connection of the grid or working with local authorities around where they're going um, with new policy or working with a school to get LED or new solar on it. You know, there's going to be a need for operators in that space if we continue to um, on our journey towards emissions reductions associated with climate change targets. So I guess that's the, the long term is we've got to do something different. The, the short term is it's all a bit crap and a bit challenging, but actually in the medium term, there, there needs to be skilled operators that can act as an interface between um, consumers um, uh, of one form, being business or residential, and that kind of energy suppliers in the broader sense of that word. And particularly those that can operate in a space that can uh, support the most vulnerable with those changes and make sure that effectively that those changes are targeted and benefit the most vulnerable rather than being isolated from it. That's our mission. Alistair, thank you very much for your time. That's really great. Regen is an independent not-for-profit that uses its expertise to work with industry, communities and the public sector to revolutionise the way we generate, supply and use energy. Join now. Membership is open to any organisation who supports our mission and we will keep you informed, involved and connected. Please visit www 
regensw.co.uk. Thank you.